here, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm just super glad that you're here with me today. I am your colleague in medicine, your coach in life, sprinkling the world with some Aaron Wiseman sass, and I have got a really fun interview to share with you today. This is Dr. Jennifer Verist. She's a pediatrician down in Texas, but more importantly, she has a phenomenal story that I wanted to share with everyone. But before we get into the show today, I got to pay some bills. So talking again about MR Insurance, a small business that helps physicians with their disability insurance needs. Michael Ralves is a CFP professional and insurance agent committed to helping physicians nationwide with their term life and disability insurance needs. He provides an objective, transparent, and education-focused process that aims to help physicians make prudent decisions and avoid overcomplicating things. He exclusively offers own occupational disability insurance for residents, fellows, and attending physicians. We at Dr. Podcast Network know he'd be happy to help you with whatever your needs are, so give him a call. Or you can check the show notes at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash mrinsurance or 800-817-4522. All right, we'll get into our interview and then I'll kick you with some encouragement. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jennifer Verist. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Absolutely. We, I was checking my Facebook inbox one day because I don't get on Facebook very much and your message had been in there for like years. And so I'm so glad that we finally have got together. You're going to come on the podcast, talk to us a little bit, tell us your story and just like pump us up with some inspiration. So tell the people a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting into the world. Sure. So going back, so I'm the first generation American. My parents were both from Haiti. And so obviously they had, you know, immigrant level, entry-level jobs. And so, uh, you know, growing up, we, we didn't take vacations. There were a lot of things that we didn't do. Um, but I remember even, you know, in kindergarten, visiting my pediatrician and loving my visits every single time. Thankfully, you know, I was a healthy kid and that's a blessing looking back. Um, But I loved going to the pediatrician. And then one day when I was on the exam table, I looked at the otoscope and the ophthalmoscope on the wall. And I decided that I was going to, for when I grew up, I was going to have a job where I use those instruments, um, just like my pediatrician uses those instruments. And so that's when I decided that I was going to be a pediatrician. And I really never, ever changed my mind. So then, you know, I went to Baylor, you know, for college. I went to UT Southwestern for uh, medical school and then uh, did my pediatric residency in Houston. Then I went back to my hometown I don't know if anyone knows it, any uh, listeners, but Aggieland, College Station, Texas, the home of Texas A&M University. So I went back to my hometown to practice for about five years. And then I got married and moved to an area called Spring around Houston, Texas, where I now practice at a pediatric practice called Family First Pediatrics. I absolutely love what I do. I've always wanted to be a pediatrician. I'm so proud to be one today even in the midst of this crazy pandemic. Um, And so I take a lot of honor and pride in what I do. But what I am learning is that the reason why I love 
pediatrics is because of the connection I have with families um, and the continuity that I get to have. And I get to use the knowledge that I've learned because I'm a nerd to help other people. Those are the main things why I love it so much. And I'm slowly realizing that I can do that outside of the realm of just pediatrics. I can do that outside of the realm of just the clinical office. And I'm, I'm taking my, my passion and I'm applying them a little bit differently to sort of achieve some really goals that are really important to me. People, you know, see doctors and sometimes they don't realize that we're humans too. (laughs) And we like to spend time with our families too. So yeah, I had ventured into some other projects and opportunities that allow me to explore my passions in a different venue and not just healthcare and clinical practice. I love that. We're going to talk about your whole journey today and the ins and outs and the fears that go with it. Because I think it's really important to spotlight your experience and your story that, you know, you can take steps out, not from a place of burnout and desperation, but from a place to be like, ah, I think I was meant for more. I think I could do more. Because so many times after we become doctors and we do these big ass things, we almost have this void of like, but what else? Like, yeah, I climbed my Mount Everest, but like, but now what? And so I love your story with that. We're going to share all about it. But first, we must talk about your word today, which is fulfillment. And I think it is the ultimate goal of, I would say, everybody that I talk to. Like, we don't want to all make $10 million. We don't give a shit, you know, what kind of huge ass house or how many cars we got in the garage. Like, at the end of the day, We all want to put our head down on the pillow and be like, oh, what a fulfilling day. Exactly. Yes, I completely, completely agree. After you've been doing, well, anyway, in my case, I can speak for myself. After I've been practicing for pediatrics for five years, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with it. Obviously, there's always something new to learn. But the learning curve is not as steep as it was when I first started out. And so I guess with the type of mind that I have, I always like to be stimulated. That is part of fulfillment for me is being constantly stimulated. And so I do not feel that I've mastered pediatrics in any way, but I feel like I still have room to be challenged more in other aspects of my life. And if I don't go for those um, opportunities or you know act on these strong feelings that I have, I do feel like I will be missing out on a large part of what makes me fulfilled because I guess of how I was created. Maybe that's just me, but um, being attuned to, you know, what it is that makes you fulfilled is is really important um, because it may not be just like a job that you go to every day that is dependable. It may be a little bit more than that. Yeah. Because we are not our job. Our job is just like one thing. We are multifaceted, multi-passionate. You get to have more. You get to have both and. It's okay to want more than that. It's totally okay. Yeah. Because I think sometimes then we think, oh, but we're so blessed. And then we kind of get into like the guilt side of, but then there's people in third world countries who don't have anything. And it's like, hello, go out, do more, be more fulfilled and become Oprah and take care of those third world people. Yeah, right. You could do something. Yeah. I mean, you know, you staying at this job that you're not fulfilled at, is that helping the people in third world countries? Like, Ultimately? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about 
your your peds practice because like we were talking about before we got on the recording, I coach with a lot of people who are not fulfilled in their jobs, who are burned out. And then when we start like looking at the opportunities and options, you know, one that everybody throws out there is like, well, I guess I could start my own practice. But then right away, almost everybody backpedals away from that. So I want you to talk about a little bit about your practice, the setting up of it, so that you can show people in a new light, hey, 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 it doesn't have to be how your brain is telling you. Sure. So I was one of those people. I was in a point in my life where I was considering starting my own practice. Uh, We had gotten married and I would, you know, we lived in an area called Spring, but I was still working in College Station. So that's about an hour and 15 minute commute each way. Um, I was actively looking for jobs closer to where we now lived, but all the jobs that I was being offered were completely unacceptable compared to what I was doing, you know, already in College Station. And so it was really difficult. And I came to the point where I was like, okay, well, if I can't find a job, that meets my needs and what I'm looking for, I'll just create my own with my own practice. And so I actually went through the process of researching. I visited friends who own their own practice. I talked with other pediatricians who own their own practice. One thing I noticed was the repetitive theme is that it takes a huge amount of sacrifice. So, um, you know, there were physicians who borrowed against their mortgage, took out their retirement, that that's a huge sacrifice to make financially. Um, and then also the time sacrifice, of course, if you are not working while you're starting your practice, then taking, um, you know, extra shifts at locum positions. Um, and then there's the responsibility of having other job, other people's jobs or other people's income completely dependent on you. So you are actually putting their income before yours where you may go multiple months, maybe the whole first year without even getting a salary yourself to make sure that everyone else is getting paid. So it is a very um, intensive way, time intensive, finance intensive way to achieve your goal of autonomy. But because I wasn't getting the job offers that I wanted, I was considering it. Well, then I started, you know, as I delved more into the world of entrepreneurship, because you know, obviously as a physician, I have no business background. And so I was like really researching and going to conferences and I met more and more entrepreneurial physicians. And I learned that starting your own practice is not the only way to build autonomy in your life and freedom in your life. There are less sacrificial ways to do that. Um, And so that is when I ran into a group of physicians who um, shared with me about a side hustle that they do. Now, one was a pediatric anesthesiologist who already has a growing real estate business. She has multi, had multiple properties, like maybe 12 at the time when I spoke to her. I think she has 18 now. But she was actually using her friends from her side business to help fuel her real estate um, properties. And so I thought that was genius because I was like, wow, so you didn't borrow against your mortgage to start a practice. Like you've got a whole, you know, another income source that's very significant and you didn't have to take on these huge financial risks and burdens. And so I started looking more into that. And long story short, I did start a, my own, my side, my own side hustle 
while learning how to build my brand as a pediatrician. And so now, no matter where I work, whether I'm doing, you know, I'm working at a clinic or I'm doing telemedicine, wherever I am, I have a presence online and I have a following. And so people recognize me as a physician, as a pediatrician, and not necessarily the group that I work for. It is my name that is my brand. Which I think is so amazing and like so incredible and why I was so excited to share you on here because... Hell, if you guys move to Alaska, like, it's still your brand. It's still who you are. Like, that Instagram account doesn't go away. Your Facebook group doesn't go away because it is centered on your authentic self. Because that was a huge thing for me when I left my first job. I felt like I got divorced. Like, I felt like part of me was, like, stripped away and, like, you know, in all the uh, contract shit, you know, you can't take any patient information and can't contact people and the non-compete and like all of that. But I think it's so amazing what you have done has been like, yeah, I work for this pediatric office, but my brand of being Dr. Vriest will always stand. I will always own that intellectual property to take with me. Absolutely. It's huge. Because all you got to do is go on your website and just change your phone number and your address. Pretty much. It's uh, Jennifer Varese, MD, on Facebook, on Instagram. You know, uh, my patients know me as Dr. Varese. And yeah, that, that's who they know as me, Dr. Varese. And I could be in College Station or Spring, and I'm still Dr. Varese. <laughs> yeah. And like any company or practice or clinic that hires you, they don't only get your amazing day-to-day physician skills, they get that community that you have already fucking built. It's true. It is true. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love, this just is so intriguing to me because I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I got to share all of this to everybody. But talk a little bit about the fear side because fear holds us back so much when we're doing something different. You're so right. Erin. And it's, it is so strong. That fear is so strong because Um, A lot of what we do in medicine is based on precedent, okay? We we use evidence before we make decisions for our patients. So basically, what we recommend has already been tested and tried. So we have full confidence in recommending it and acting on it. So when you go out and do something that nobody else is doing, you don't have any precedent to follow. And that's very, very scary because that's contrary to the way that we've been trained to behave. And really, um, we we do things already as physicians that take on a lot of risk, but because everybody else is doing it is not as scary. But when you are doing something that does bring about some risk and, and nobody else is doing it, it actually feels even more scary. So whenever I first decided to... Um, create my own brand of Jennifer Varese MD. Obviously everybody was like, wow, that's wonderful. So when does your practice open? And I had to explain that I work at a clinic, but my brand is my business. So, you know, my presence is my business. If I'm asked to speak, that's my business. Um, you know, I can do podcasts or guest appearances um, and I share content, helpful con- content on all of my social media platforms. 
So that is my business. And then the patient care that I offer at whatever site I'm at. And so having to explain that and people like watching the wheels turn because they, they're not really understanding because it's nothing that they've maybe seen before or they can't, you know, compare it to. And so just having to explain that, that was a fear that I had to get over to explain that. No, I'm not starting my own practice. I work at a clinic, but Jennifer Breeze is my brand. So that was a big one. The other fear. And what what's so funny about that first fear is that I was actually saving a lot of money by not starting my practice, my own practice. And it was actually a very, very smart decision, but it was the stigma and the opinions of others that the fear with that the fear was coming from. But it was a very financially astute decision that I was making. And then the second fear was when I um, decided to go all in with this side hustle because I've never done anything like that before. You know, this side hustle revolves around direct sales and network marketing. I'm an introvert and um, my income has, you know, come from my salary as a pediatrician and, um, you know, extra shifts that I would take. So there was no marketing or advertising (laughs) involved, none of that. I had no business background. And so there was a lot of fear associated with that because, there's the imposter syndrome, since I don't have any business background. And then there's the fear of what will my colleagues think of me? Like, I'm not using my medical degree in the way that they would think I would use it, or maybe in the way that they approve of. So yeah, the opinions of others was a really big fear for me. And then putting myself out there to the world, literally to the world, because you know all of my posts are public, completely public was another fear that I had to get over. Uh, And I'm not completely over it. I'm just a little bit more comfortable (laughs) with it. But those those are some of the big fears that, you know, I ran into as I delved into this world of the unknown. (laughs) Girl, and they are so common. I still, I still, to this day, before podcast drops come out, I'm like, oh my God, everybody's going to hate this. And it sounds so stupid. (laughs) Still, you know what I doing it for years for years and so like just reminding yourself like it's it's not like the fear will ever ever go away the fear is just part of it's part of the orchestra and like just reminding myself the journey's messy it's okay it's messy (laughs) yeah there will be mistakes but you learn from them You do. You do. And that's the reminder that I think is so different in entrepreneurship and and doing side hustles in the business world different than medicine is like, if you fuck up, it's feedback. It's not failure. You like you screw up a Facebook ad or you like send out an email with all sorts of bad spelling and links don't work and all sorts of things like it's an oh, well, do better next time. And I think that's what that's so challenging for us type A alpha females coming out of medicine when we first start our first thing is just doing it messy, mm-hmm. doing it anyway, just doing it messy. And and also sitting with the fear and knowing like, hey, it's not going anywhere and that is okay and it doesn't mean anything is wrong. But I so appreciate you vocalizing all of those fears because it is, it is all of those things. And I love the story too, like, Your side hustle did not come out of like, well, let's get rich quick scheme, anything like that. Now, you shared the company with me, and and I do understand it's a multi-level 
marketing company, like you said, with direct sales and that sort of thing. But I really want to impart on our listenership before you like tell your whole story about the side hustle is, is that this is not a selling thing. This is to show your journey and that how this side hustle brought you so much fulfillment personally by the use of the product, but then also putting it in the hands of other women and being like, here, let me help you. Not in the way, let me help you by giving some amoxyl to your kid for his infection. Let me help you in a way that is super, super powerful as well. So you told me the whole story ahead of time. Give our audience snippets about your personal issues that were going on and how you found your side hustle. When I got married, we moved and I was commuting. And so when I couldn't find the jobs that I wanted closer to where our new home was, I was already starting to think about starting my own practice. Now, those thoughts are what caused me to sort of delve into the world of entrepreneurship. Otherwise, I would never have done it. Okay. So that it was that transition in my life and things were not, um, you know, going according to, to plan. I was supposed to find a job closer to home, um, but that wasn't happening. So when I learned how much sacrifice was involved with starting your own practice, financial sacrifice, time sacrifice, emotional sacrifice, the responsibilities of other people's income and livelihood on you, I was thinking, okay, so this is one way to achieve what I want. What are some other ways? And so as I became more and more involved in that world, I you know, started going to conferences specifically for pediatricians who are entrepreneurial minded. And through the people that I've met there, I met a pediatric anesthesiologist who um, was building her own sort of real estate empire. (laughs) She had multiple uh, uh, properties at that time. She had more than 10, and now she has at least 18. But she was using her funds from a side hustle, a direct sales side hustle to help fund her real estate, you know, business. And so what she was telling me about some of the products in this side hustle, she shared with me about a vitamin that has the side effect of thickened hair. Now I had been diagnosed years prior with a scalp condition that's inflammatory and basically inflammatory cells attack my follicle and turn my scalp into scar tissue. Hair doesn't grow from scar tissue. And so I had seen multiple dermatologists, had been through multiple painful procedures only to get the inflammation to stop spreading, but I still had large areas of hair loss. And so I had basically given up on ever being able to wear my hair naturally out in public. Um, I would either wear a wig or a weave. When I got married, I wore a weave. So whenever she shared that this was a natural plant-based product that has a side effect of thickened hair, I was like, you know what? Let me look into this because I've been taking a lot of chemicals and I didn't like their side effects. If I can take something natural that can help maybe at least fill in some of these thin spots so you know I can feel more comfortable not having to put something on my head every time I go outside, that would be great. I didn't have high hopes for it, but I thought it was worth trying. Needless to say, I tried it. And within four months, I had remarkable results. And I started sharing it with other people. And this became a side hustle for me as I was doing that. 
Um, there were other products that I really love with the company, but long story short, a year from when I started, I was able to celebrate my birthday. We went out to dinner and I wore my hair naturally out in public. I have it natural now. So I'm really, really thankful for my company for that. But even more, even more than that is the way that I get to help other women who have been through what I'm going through and maybe going through things that I'm, you know, I'm not going through, but I can still help them through the other things that we offer through this company. And what I realized is that I love pediatrics, but not, not just because I get to be a pediatrician. What I love about pediatrics is that I get to use what I've learned to help other people solve their problems and make life better for them. And so I can do that through this company as well. I, I, I realized that I learned, I get the same level of fulfillment from it, even when it's not pediatrics, because it is that sharing, that sharing of knowledge to help other people that gives me the fulfillment. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that was the other thing, the other aspect of what I really loved. And then going, you know, into the finances, I've really seen this as a way to help us, you know, pay off our mortgage earlier. Having a home-based business is very smart in terms of taxes. There's a lot of tax benefits associated with it. And so even in that first year, again, like you said, Aaron, my goal was not to make money quickly and get rich quick. So I really didn't make large, massive amounts of money in that first year. But the tax benefits associated with having a home-based business have helped me and my husband make an extra payment to our mortgage in the sum of multiple thousands of dollars each year. And so like that alone has been really helpful to us. So um, yeah, there's just so many uh, great aspects to having the home-based business and having my own brand as Jennifer Varese MD without taking on a lot of the sacrifices, the financial sacrifices I've, I would have had to take on if I started my own practice. You know, that's the exact same thing I've felt with coaching is when I realized that I wasn't just Dr. Wiseman, but that I was put on this earth to help and heal others and being able to fulfill that through coaching through podcasting, through speaking, like that is my center point that I bounce everything off of. It sounds like that's what you're saying too. Like, how can I have more connection with people? How can I share information that I know? How can I help them? And if using a product or a supplement gets it done, you check the box. If it's they find your brand and they get in your Facebook group and they learn something, check the box. If they come into your office, check the box. It's like, it's like allowing yourself to open up that definition and giving yourself the permission to be like, I can make this look however I want. It doesn't have to look like the traditional model is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. And what I also notice is that when I have these visits with moms and her kids in the office, I find myself having a conversation with the mom, asking her, how is she doing? How is life going? And really connecting with the mom and really wanting to help the mother. So that's sort of how Jennifer Reese MD kind of grew. Because if you look at my social media platforms, my audience is moms. Most of the quotes that I share are directed toward moms. And 
you know, I even had someone comment, yeah, dads help too. And of course they do, but my passion is for mothers. And so that's who I'm speaking to. And I think that maybe stems from my experience with my mother, because, you know, as an immigrant, there was so much that she did not know. There was so much, there's so many resources and things that could have made life easier for her if she only had access to the information. And so that's sort of become a passion of mine now to open up that access for not just, you know, people who tend to be in the um, social groups where they talk about it, but for everybody, anybody who can look at my pro my Facebook page or Instagram can get information from healthychildren.org from the American Academy of Pediatrics, good information, not these bogus blogs that are out there, anybody, no matter your socioeconomic level. And so um, I think that's, that's another part of where the ideas came from. I love it. I love it so much. Well, Dr. Varese, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First, for sharing. What's the one thought that you want to leave our listeners with today? I want to leave the listeners who um, may be physicians like myself who want more, but feel like they, they're not brave enough or it's just not possible for them to go for more. I want to share with them, go for your dreams. It's worth it. It's worth it to go for your dreams. The opinions of others are not going to give you fulfillment. And so it's not worth it to be miserable so that you're pleasing other people. What I've learned two years out, there are a lot of people who didn't agree with what I was doing initially and now are coming around because I was persistent and consistent with what I was passionate about. And so you create your own life and then the people who love you are going to come around, but don't let the opinions of others hold you back from going for your dreams. Hell yes. Their opinions don't pay the fucking bills. You find what lights you up and you offer it to everybody that you can. I mean, just with your hair loss story. And I mean, I had to ask you before we got on the recording because I was like, what is this? I must know about it. Because it's not like you're just selling snake pills. Like you are like, no, I tried this and it works. And it works so amazing that I must talk about it more. That's That was my journey with coaching. I got coached and I was like, I must talk about this more. So I'd encourage our listeners, like if there is something in that, no matter if it's you selling fireworks or corn on Etsy, like whatever it is, go for it because it is possible. It is worth it. And it is significant to you, no matter what other people think of it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We'll have all of your information in the show notes with all your links and where people can find you and understand more about what you're doing with your side hustle and your brand and your practice and all those things because I just want to shout it to the rooftops. (laughs) Well, thank you, Erin. I appreciate it. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. 
there is a way out and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. right. You ready for your kick of encouragement today? Man, I just think the conversation that I had with Dr. Jennifer Verist, it just illuminates so much of what I'm seeing lately that you can march by the beat of your own drum. You can do things non-traditional and you can have just as much fulfillment if you don't let the fear stop you. So many times I can remember like when I was graduating high school, college, whatever, you know, you get those cards that are like, follow your dreams, shoot for the stars, all that. (laughs) When did we ever give up on that? When did we ever like settle and be like, oh, this is enough or I'll do it someday or well, if I only had more time, like when did we stop shooting for the stars? I know for me, what I thought it was, was like, oh, I should be happy enough. I should, I should be content with where I want in life. And this kick of encouragement, what I want to tell you is like, go for it. Whatever that crazy idea is, it is possible. So recently, I told you guys about it last week when I went on the hike out to Utah. Well, during that time, I had some time and space and I was just like, you know what? What would be easy? What would be something fun, easy, a project that maybe I would want to take on? So I decided to set up an Etsy shop for Weisman Farms. We, Craig is amazing. You guys hear him on Married to Alpha Female episodes. I mean, he really is phenomenal. I definitely got the better half of the deal <laughs> with him. But he does a great job with Weisman Farms. He plants, he processes, he takes care of non-GMO corn, he does soybeans as well. But, you know, with all the talk that's on about additives and chemicals and everything like that, I was like, you know what? We grow non-GMO corn. And I know we always have a little bit extra. And what if I could provide this to other people who can't buy it by like the thousands of bushels, but maybe they just want like five pounds? And so that was the whole premise of setting up Wiseman Farms on Etsy is to make non-GMO corn readily available to anybody who wants to buy it. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, I buy a lot of shit from Etsy, 
I've never sold anything. So this is a totally new thing. It's an FFT, a fucking first time. (laughs) So I may totally and royally screw it up. But you know what else? It may be something that who knows how it'll turn out. Who knows? But I definitely know that if I never did it and never tried, I would never know the outcome. So I just want to tell you, like, maybe you have this absolutely absurd and crazy idea, like selling non-GMO on Etsy. Maybe it's starting a lavender farm. Maybe it's buying a stormtrooper costume and going to kids' birthday parties. I don't know. Whatever feels crazy exciting, scary exciting, makes your full body tingles, but then your brain kicks in and says, oh, that's not real. That's not possible. I want to tell you it is. And how do you know? It might be your million dollar idea. It might be your pool noodle that you come up with and you make millions of dollars every year on royalties. You will never know if you don't try. And remember, it's all feedback. There's no failure here. Say you try something and it doesn't work out. Oh, well, you got feedback for the next time. Moving on and moving up. I can absolutely help you sort through all of this. This is my zone of genius and I absolutely freaking love it. You can talk to any of my clients, any of my past people that I've worked with. We're all hanging out in my Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective Slack group, by the way. If you're not in there, you're missing out on the magic. But I diverge. Talk to anybody who has come to me with these ideas and I will help you make them happen. Be it being a dream maker who arranges Disney vacations that are out of this world, be it setting up your own doggy daycare, be it launching into a practice that you love and you can't wait to go to work, be it becoming a medical writer for an amazing company and spreading the education that you wished you could have give, given in the office, be it so many more things, they can happen. And I am here to help. So don't be afraid. Really, seriously, sign up for a discovery call because guess what? You really get to talk to me. Or if you can't wait that long, then get in the badass Slack group. It's really me. I promise. I love hanging out with you and I can't wait to see you in there. So there you go. That's your kick of encouragement today. Before we wrap this all the way up, don't forget to reach out to MR Insurance Consultants, where their goal is to assist us in obtaining the most comprehensive coverage available to fit our unique situations. Reach out to them for both excellent and quality services at Doctors Podcast Network backslash MR Insurance. And remember, my friend, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs> <laughs>